This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Masterclass. Look, I know this is the dumbest possible way to start an episode, but we simply have to hand it to the Morbius community online for their absolute dedication to the joke. Because there is now a fan petition to convince Sony Pictures to release Morbius in theaters for a third time. A third Morbin time. Titling their efforts, we were all busy that weekend. Please bring Morbius to the theater a third time. Yeah. And this latest petition claims that the massive online community, which has spent months memeing Morbius into relevancy, were all occupied over Memorial Day weekend. Because yeah. why not? We're at the beach or at a picnic it or something. It was last minute, too. Like Memorial Day weekend is not Morbin time. That's Meebin yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, it was, of course, just bad timing for all of these fans. And the thousands, if not millions, of eager Morbius fans promise to make their way out to theaters for real this time if Sony will just release the film for a third theatrical run. Come on. Third time's a charm. Do it. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, this time me and all the boys are going to go down the theater and watch Morbius. This time it'll be different. For real. So yeah, in case you have somehow missed the news or haven't watched our most recent video, uh, Sony was... They were tricked. <laughs> they were hoodwinked. They were tricked into thinking that there was a legitimate grassroots campaign, a dedicated community of Morbius fans, which had caused a big enough wave online that re-releasing the film into theaters was a surefire way to bring in some much-needed extra box office cash. I mean, we didn't do so well the first time around, but hey, word of mouth. Mm-hmm worth something. Now, of course, as we all quickly found out, no one was interested in seeing this film. Not the first time, nor the second time. And despite it reopening in 1,000 theaters nationwide, <laughs> it was only able to bring in around $85,000 at the start of Memorial Day weekend. That's $85 per theater. Mm -hmm. Now, it looks like all those potential moviegoers were actually, they were just busy that weekend. And they, they promise, they swear, that if Sony releases the film one more time, they will fill all those seats and give Morbius the love that it so desperately deserves. Uh, so here's the petition. It was, it was just shy of hitting 10,000 signatures as of when we filmed the episode. Um, so let's let's make it happen. Let's my the best Morbius meme, the the Jeb. Yeah. Uh, but it's Morbius, and it's like number one all-time box office. We're gonna make that a reality, Sony. Yes. We swear. Mm -hmm. So, dear Sony, this weekend, excited fans across the world had the chance to once again see Morbius in the theaters. While this was an awesome opportunity, there was one problem. We were all busy this weekend. Some of us were washing our hair, some of us had to study, and some of us just had already made other plans. Please don't interpret this as disinterest on our part. If you were to once again release Morbius in theaters, just let us know, and we will be there for sure, unless something comes up. Signed, <laughs> fans of the movies. So if each of these 10,000 fans goes to see it, well, I, I don't know, I'm not really good at math off the top of my head, but that's a lot more money than 85,000. Record-breaking amounts, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Th third time's a charm. I believe that. Now, obviously, we don't think that Sony will be re-re-re-releasing the film after learning their lesson just a few days ago. But the whole timeline of this Marvel legend is hysterically bad optics for Sony, and specifically Jared Leto, whose only recent quality role was playing a tech startup cult leader type figure. But then again, it's kind of easy for Jared Leto to fill that role because he apparently uh, runs his own cult on the side. Yeah. It's, it's very uh, strange. I guess it's like day camp for adults. Just um, huge 30 seconds to Mars fans. Yeah. But uh, a, every... lot of, a lot of white sheets. Um... Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the, the perception that... Uh, wouldn't it be funny if we made people think this was a cult? Yeah. That kind of seems to be like the in-joke there. I um, guess. But then they're like, 
then it becomes not a joke, and they're actually just in a cult. But anyone that actually likes 30 Seconds to Mars that much is insane. Yes. Just for the record. Mm-hmm. But anyway, speaking of jokers, the good ones this time, um, it looks like more information has come to light regarding the sequel to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie, which was directed and co-written by Todd Phillips. Uh, Joker is a film that almost certainly does not require or even necessarily call for a <laughs> sequel, but... One was fine. Yeah, where do you go from here? But hey, at this point, DC has to double down on whatever audiences and critics actually latch on to. Because, um, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. And of the ones you do take, if you're DC, you miss most of those too. Yeah, so, so when you got a, a surefire thing on your hands, you're like, let's ma- let's not do what Sony did and re-release it. Let's actually make a new movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, quote, director Todd Phillips posted to Instagram the first confirmation that the sequel to 2019's Joker is moving forward on Tuesday, including the cover of the script written by Phillips and Scott Silver, his collaborator on the first film, with the eyebrow-raising title, I'm going to fuck this up, but Joker, folie à deux. <laughs> folie à dougaloo. Monsieur Joker. Joker 2. Folie à dougaloo. Joker 2. It's got Joker. This is, it's just like Hot Shots, part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the same post, Phillips included a shot of Star Walking and Phoenix reading the screenplay. A spokesperson for Warner Brothers did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Phillips' Instagram post. They were too busy uh, trying to fix whatever mess that Ezra Miller uh, keeps making, which also just tar- took a way darker turn this week. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it really wasn't that fun to begin with, but now it's uh, people's lives are, I don't know, it's bad. Yes. It's bad. Ezra yeah. Miller seems seems like bad news. They sure do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Variety's coverage continues, adding, while Phillips did not share any plot details about the new Joker movie, Joker, <laughs> Joker, in his Instagram post, the title does offer some intriguing implications. Translated literally as shared madness, folie du is a layman's term for shared delusional disorder. That could refer to how Arthur's villainy is widely embraced by Gotham City in the first film, but it could also suggest that Phillips' sequel will bring his own interpretation of Joker's main and really only partner in life, crime and madness, Harley Quinn. But they um, can't have the same actor play it, so we need a new Harley Quinn. So who's that going to be? It is like it is wild uh, that the only thing that seems to work are like basically two specific characters, and the, and the universes are so actually different from each other at this point that it would be kind of difficult to even, like, make sense of using the same actors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bringing Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, what? Well, which is technically the first Suicide Squad, but also the Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, uh, into this. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's, uh, they really have their hands full over there at Warner Brothers DC Discovery. The D in DC stands for Discovery. Yeah, it does now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Honestly, yeah. yeah, at this point, whatever. I- I'd rather have more movies like this and The Batman than, you know, the other titles that DC is offering in the coming months because uh, uh, a trailer for Black Adam dropped this week and uh, it didn't really do anything for me. Hey, look, it's The Rock being The Rock. And now he's actually a superhero instead of just essentially being a superhero in every other movie that he's been in for the past decade or so. Remember when he grabbed onto a helicopter by a chain? Yeah. He used and then his, pulled own, it in. his own upper body strength to reel in a helicopter. Among many other things. Uh, like, just complete superhero mode without the costume. Uh, but now he has the costume, and it's, it's cool. Pierce Brosnan looks great, though. Yeah, that's cool. Good mm-hmm. for him. Anyway, here's one for the gamers. 
because it's time to talk about the most anticipated game of the last few years. A game for everyone, because y'all got phones, right? Mm -hmm. Diablo Immortal was recently unleashed upon the world after essentially uh, disappearing from the conversation after its abysmal debut and reception after being announced nearly four years ago at BlizzCon 2018. Simpler times. Yeah. Uh, in the time that's passed since fans asked the developers if this game was some sort of late April Fool's joke. <laughs> Uh, a few things have changed, uh, most notably the fact that the game can now be played on PC, if that's what you prefer. That was one of the initial questions, was like, well, can we at least play it on the computer? I mean, yeah, it's like, a fucking no, mobile game. absolutely not. Yeah. And no, that, they're like, fine, we're, not, we're gonna do zero effort into actually porting this. Yeah. The buttons are still gonna be on screen and shit, but... Um, Don't you yeah. guys have uh, giant touch screens? So yeah, at its core, it's just the same reskinned NetEase mobile game that was already widely available in China when the Diablo version of it was announced. But is this mobile-first ARPG any good? And have the concerns of gamers everywhere been justified, or have they been proven wrong? Well, um, yeah, sorry, this is going to be a, a bit of a lengthy rant, but uh, as someone who has uh, make fun of me all you want, put plenty of hours into Diablo Immortal already. Wow. The answer to both of those questions is, yeah. Diablo Immortal is absolutely one of the most absurd, predatory, pay-to-win mobile games that I've ever seen. And it's also a fully fleshed-out Diablo experience that is incredibly polished and runs extremely well on phones. Uh, even providing what appears to be, to me, uh, a very clean 60 FPS experience on my slightly outdated iPhone. If you want to play Immortal without spending a dime, that is actually entirely possible. And I don't think it would really hinder your experience in the slightest, as long as your expectations are set going into it. And also, if you just want to play through the main story, avoid any PvP, and just want a game that passes the time whenever you've got to spare 10 to 15 minutes to kill. It, it is an incredible value at $0. Now, having said that, Diablo Immortal will hound you constantly with reminders about how much more fun that you could be having and how many more shiny colors you could be seeing on the screen if you just dropped a few bucks here and there. Come on. It, it also hits you with what appears to be completely arbitrary measures of value, indicating that buying certain bundles results in 200%, 500%, even 800% worth of value. Wow, 800% value? I'd be an idiot not to buy this. That's a great deal. That's, uh, yeah. You should do it. 800% more than you were getting when you didn't buy the bundle. Yeah. So Come it's on. also, it's hilariously bold about what the shop offers as you progress through the game. I mean, we always joke about the drug dealer mentality that pay to win and loot box mechanics uh, seem to have. But in Diablo Immortal, the game literally offers you more for less then starts raising the prices as your character yeah, levels. Uh, when you complete a certain dungeon at a certain level, uh, an exclusive one-time bundle that you can buy pops up. At the start of the game, it's something like a dollar or two. Uh, why not, you know? 800% value? Yeah. Uh, a, a thing that makes shiny things appear? Great. It's 800%. I mean, how could you say no? Uh, then every harder dunge dungeon after that, every dungeon that is at a, a higher level uh, after that, a bundle will unlock with a price that almost doubles in most cases, does double the one that preceded it. Now, I'm almost level 50, and I think the last bundle I was offered was like $10 or something, and it started at like $0.99 cents or $1.99. And you, you literally will beat a certain level dungeon, and it's like, congratulations, here's an offer. And it's worse for less. Um, this is in addition to a battle pass that you can also buy, uh, and other purchases that uh, can make <laughs> your bill quickly rack up. And it's a, it's a bill that uh, I believe comes once a month. Uh, well, as long as you spend uh, $60 or less, I mean, uh, 
It's 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 a it's just like having a, a new real Diablo game. Except, I mean, it's not. I mean, it is. <laughs> it plays well, and it is a full game, I guess. But it's like you wouldn't pay sixty dollars for a mobile game, would you? Some people would, and they're called whales. <laughs> they keep the entire mobile business afloat. Now, obviously, as I said, you can spend nothing. And honestly, it is not a bad game if you spend nothing. But it does constantly tempt you with notifications and, and little peeks at what you're missing out on if you do choose to play for free. Uh, if you're like me, you get very annoyed by the little like red notification things that pop up, uh, even on your email or whatever. Yeah. So when you go to try to clear those out, sometimes it is near impossible to do it without like going full like into the shop bundles area and then just like being all right i've seen it um yeah it is all of this pay to win type of type of stuff it is extremely difficult it makes it very difficult to say anything good about the game in general which i mean it, it literally boils down to yeah it is diablo on your phone what a world and you all got phones so <laughs> no no problem and it's free yeah so anyway you might be asking the same question that i'm asking myself which is, why would anyone pay for anything in this game? Yeah. Uh, so Ricky and others basically seem to indicate that you can become powerful in PvP and get more shiny loot, but uh, apparently you not only have to be rich to flex on everyone, uh, you have to be lucky too, because according to numerous reports and people experimenting with the pay-to-win aspects live on stream, you can spend literally thousands of dollars in this game without getting the materials needed to craft something worthwhile. Oops. <laughs> but didn't we have a lot of fun along the way? Flush. <laughs> uh, so yeah, according to a report on Dexerto, a Twitch streamer named Quinn69 spent around 10,000 New Zealand dollars, so which is around $4,000 US, in the game and has zero five-star gems to show for it. <laughs> Basically, you can buy these legendary key type things for a certain type of dungeon. Uh, those increase the chances that you'll get better loot, but they don't outright guarantee certain loot. Mm -hmm. uh, five-star gems are the pinnacle of loot in the game, and the odds are really not in your favor, even if you're a mobile gaming whale. Um, here's some more from uh, their reporting. During the broadcast, he claimed he would not stop spending $25 on Elder Rift entry fees until he landed himself a coveted five-star legendary gem. Ooh. Unluckily for him, this ended up lasting the entire 13-hour stream as he never once got a legendary gem, but wouldn't stop dumping huge amounts of money into the game. Once he hit $10,000 New Zealand dollars spent, he completely lost his mind, screaming and jumping around his streaming room. Quote, that's right, bitch. I spent $10,000 and got nothing. This is a great game, he shouted. And he's not alone. Plenty of the uh, first week streams of Diablo Immortal from larger influencers tested the limits of pay to win and found uh, very little return on their investments. In fact, according to a report from Game Rant, which references analysis from a gaming channel called Bellular News, it can cost over $100,000 to fully gear up in Diablo Immortal. Now, here's more from that article. The crux of the issue, as per Bellular News' recent video, is that Diablo Immortal allows players to buy the so-called legendary gems. These are one of the character's three progression pillars alongside regular gear and XP level, and they dictate one's endgame tier progression beyond what is possible simply by reaching Diablo Immortal's level cap. As of right now, free-to-play players cannot earn top-rated legendary gems, which are only available via some of the game's monetization options, and fully maxing out a character effectively costs $110,000 in the game's current economy. Jeez. <laughs> Matt and Michael of Bellier News also make an argument that Diablo Immortal's legendary gems are a deliberate, convoluted system, explaining that it would take roughly 10 years of playtime <laughs> play for a free-to-play player 
to fully kit out a character in the game's current iteration. Now that's what I call value. Ten years of game time in order to max out your character? Well, you'd be an idiot not to play it. And for free. Yeah, exactly. One dollar, one hour. How about zero dollars? Um, for an unlimited amount of time. 10,000 hours. Yeah, you'll be on your deathbed being yeah. like, I was this close. You'll never understand my sacrifice. Son, I will pass this account on to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, as of Thursday evening, Diablo Immortal officially has the worst ever Metacritic score for a Blizzard game at uh, 0.5 out of 10. Less than one. That is less than one. I do want to be clear. I did. I'm sorry. I did buy the Battle Pass because I'm like, I mean, I like anyone yeah, you else. Did. Yeah, you <laughs> did. You're loving it, aren't you? They got me. Uh, it, look. Aren't you glad you bought that battle pass? Look at these free-to-play dorks just treading water while you're out here skiing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, it was 10 bucks. <laughs> I sound like an apologist. But it's like, yeah, I have put a decent amount of hours into it. It was 10 bucks. I haven't uh yeah. I haven't bought any of the bundles after that. Mm -hmm. I don't really see the need to. I am a Not strictly <laughs> I'm a strictly PvE player. For now. Um don't really care about PvP, so uh okay. No, I'm a, I'm playing. I'm fully in Destiny two right now. Anyway, so uh, I did buy the expansion for that. You but, can't uh, play Destiny two in bed. They have a mobile app where you can uh, kind of shift your gear around and stuff. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, and I do play Diablo Immortal in bed. It's a wonderful way to just wind down at the yeah, end of a long a great day. Great way to wind down. <laughs> hey, get the uh, Night Owl bundle. Yeah. It's eight hundred percent value. Nothing. Can... Nothing helps you go to sleep like having all of your dopamine receptors just like prodded at. <laughs> It's a great way to drift <laughs> off into dreamland and wake up feeling refreshed is to essentially uh, put your mind in the same headspace you'd be in in a fucking casino. Yeah. Just while you're laying down in bed. So $110,000 uh, or do it for free over the course of a long, long time. It seems yeah. like a challenge to me. And since I'm going to need all the money I can get in order to make sure that I look really cool in a mobile game, let's go ahead and thank today's sponsor, Masterclass. A masterclass gives you the extra knowledge and motivation that you need to take your craft, whatever it may be, to that next level. That's where masterclass shines, because you're getting information from literally the best people in the business from a variety of fields like cooking, music, film, animation, business, tech, and plenty more. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove, improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn game design and theory from Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Yeah, the uh, Ken Burns documentary filmmaking class, uh, very, very useful. Yeah, there's for, a lot of... Uh... Learning the craft, the art of documentary, it's not as easy as you might think. It's also, you know, once you have access to everything, there's stuff that you might not have previously been interested in, but is fascinating to hear yeah. about from experts in the field. Um, so, yeah. My new thing is uh, looking up things I'm interested in and, and being like, I'm glad I looked that up. I'm going to leave that to the experts. <laughs> I know my limits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good for knowing your own limits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts, and the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about the craft. You can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or computer, and at just 10 to 15 minutes, you can squeeze a few lessons in here or there without setting aside an entire day. They also offer downloadable lesson recaps and high-end supplemental materials to help you in your journey. If you're interested, we definitely think that you should check it out. 
get unlimited access to every masterclass. And right now, our viewers get 15% off an annual membership. So go to masterclass.com slash newsdump today. That's masterclass.com slash newsdump for 15% off masterclass. Terms apply. Yeah, all right, now back into uh, some good news for everyone who is very deeply concerned with the theft of Seth Green's Bored Ape. And, uh, of course, the upcoming series that was hanging in the balance yeah. due to its uh, disappearance. Oh, my gosh. Or, or, as, or as he puts it, the kidnapping of the Bored Ape. Seth Green got his Bored Ape back. Oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was going to do if, uh, if that Bored Ape was, you know, I, I need this Bored Ape TV show. Uh, look, all is finally right in the world. Seth Green has his Bored Ape back. And based on that headline, you, will, you would th think or assume that this was some kind of like gracious effort by the person who uh, either took it by force yeah. or was the uh, unwitting recipient of a uh, curiously cheaply priced mm -hmm. Bored Ape on the uh, Bored Ape black market. But no, he, he paid a, a handsome fee for it. Uh, yeah, here's BuzzFeed News with uh, more on this incredibly important entertainment and tech news story. The future of media is saved. Yes, Seth Green's kidnapped Bored Ape has been returned to its original owner, ending weeks of frantic speculation. <laughs> Everyone was wondering where this ape was. Weeks of frantic speculation as to its whereabouts and the intentions of its alleged abductor, a pseudonymous NFT collector known as Mr. Cheese. The blockchain transaction records show the Bored Ape, number 8398, being transferred from Cheese's NFT wallet to a wallet associated with Green on Tuesday. When asked about it in a Twitter space for Green's NFT company on Thursday, Green confirmed to BuzzFeed News that the ape is, quote, home. Oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. We did it. <laughs> Can all breathe a sigh of relief. The apes are here. They're here to stay. All my apes back. All my apes back. <laughs> uh, the reporting continues. An unnamed wallet likely belonging to Green, it's been used to purchase NFTs that now exist in his public vault, transferred 165 Ether, or approximately $297,000, <laughs> to an address operated by NFT Trader to exchange the ape. The Ether appeared in a wallet belonging to Darkwing84, a Mr. Cheese alias, minutes later. The transaction suggests Green may have repurchased the ape for nearly $100,000 more than Cheese initially paid for it, despite threatening to sue Cheese if they refused to return it to him. The theft was a real debacle for Green, who had been developing an animated series called White House Tavern, featuring characters from his NFT collection, most notably Bored Ape number 8398. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm getting desperate. How about $100,000 more than you paid for it? In, in, in a... Uh, NFT and crypto economy that has been crashing. But yeah. this is as bad as the Twitter deal. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was really looking forward to him trying to sue Mr. Cheese. Um, would have been a groundbreaking case. It's too bad. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be other chances for something like and this. And I am sure though. that they are going to work this story into the script for this into whatever this turns out to be, this animated series or whatever. Oh, it's it's a uh, live action and animated. It's there. You uh, go. It's actually a technical technical achievement. You know, it was a great. I I don't know if we mentioned it last time. Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale was a great movie. I was pleasantly surprised. I uh, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I was. Yep, it was good. I thought it was a, a fun romp. I didn't. You know, I have Disney Plus already, so it was just there for me. I didn't have to go out to the theater. And yeah, all things considered, real fun, a joy. Watch yeah. that instead. Yeah, watch that instead of the, the White Horse Tavern. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but while we're on the topic of potentially unethical uses of large sums of money, would you believe that of all sports, 
Golf is the one that's currently going through its most divisive and honestly kind of fucked up moment right now. Yeah. Uh, so the PGA is in shambles. It's losing some of its top talent to none other than the Saudi Arabian government who's bankrolling a new golf tournament called LIV or LIV, which is uh, guaranteeing salaries in the tens and even hundreds of millions of dollars to golfers who are willing to take the ethical PR hit to play in their tour. We, we mentioned this uh, before because like Greg Norman, I think, is like their chairman. Yeah, and he obviously he's you know they gave him just a giant sack of like Scrooge McDuck gold coins, and they're like, so uh, make it you, happen. What do you? Have? And he's doing interviews. They're like, so what? You know, they they killed Jamal Khashoggi, right? And he's like, well, we all make mistakes. Yeah. Have you seen the new house? And it would have been a big mistake for me to turn down this deal. Yeah. It's better that I have their money than they have it, right? Right. That that would be the ethical. The more thing to money do. I grift off these Saudis, the less they can spend on assassins. It actually golfers are saving the world. By reducing the amount of free cash flow yeah. that the Saudi Arabian investment uh, fund actually has. Technically, they are making Mohammed bin Salman poorer yeah. in the process. So I think we all owe you know, a, a round of applause for uh, these golfers, a these very, brave... A very light round of applause. <laughs> yeah, subdued. Very subdued round of applause. So yeah, I mean, sure. Sure, the Saudi government is widely known for its human rights violations and you know, most notably and most recently the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But, you know, they also want to court some of the world's best athletes from the world of golf in order to somehow help repair the image and, like, you know, market their country as uh, a place where golfers can make a lot of money, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, multi-generational money. Yeah. Apparently they offered... Oil uh, money. Uh, according to various reports, Tiger Woods hasn't accepted it, and I, I, it looks like he's not going to. Yeah, but apparently they offered him uh, closer to $1 billion than $500 million. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that's hard for anyone to turn down. Man. But, uh, yeah. So Phil Mickelson was the first major golfer to take their offer to play. But as the outrage has focused mainly on him, other golfers have uh, slipped in under the radar. Yeah. And have also taken the bait and joined up with the Saudis LIV tournament in order to guarantee an astronomical amount of money. Now, this has resulted in the PGA suspending those golfers and anyone else who makes the jump. Here's ESPN with more. The PGA Tour has suspended the 17 members who are competing in the inaugural LIV Golf International Series event it announced Thursday. Players who resigned their membership before starting the LIV Golf event being held outside London that began Thursday are also no longer eligible to compete in tour events or the President's Cup. Among those now banned from tour events are six-time major champion Phil Mickelson, two-time major champion Dustin Johnson, and longtime Ryder Cup participants Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, and Sergio Garcia. What about Rory McIlroy? Uh, it's funny, his response that I saw wasn't as critical about the ethical violations of the uh, financial backing and more of just like, I mean, it's a lot of money. You could see why. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these golfers are also, in some cases, justifiably critiquing the PGA, which obviously hasn't gone out and killed people, but, yeah. uh, you know has had a monopoly on them. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you do? I'm just one professional golfer. <laughs> what do I? What can I possibly do? Yeah. So yeah, the whole thing, it's messed up, but it's also fascinating because both tours are using the other one as an example of what's wrong with the game of golf. Uh, on one hand, you've got a tour that has had a figurative stranglehold on the entire profession since time immemorial. And mm -hmm. uh, But on the other hand, you have a, a tour backed by a regime and crown prince who has ordered literal literal strangleholds on journalists and women and other oppressed groups. 
And in the middle, there's just... <laughs> They're uh, both bad, right, guys? Yeah, also, like, the fucking the war in Yemen. They're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, that's still happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, right in the middle, you, you got these golfers. And they're like, I mean, it's $100 million. I'd be a fool not to. Come you on. Know, you know how many Diablo Immortal characters I could create and max out with that kind of money? Either I hit the ball over here or I hit the ball over there. I'm hitting balls either way, and I might as well get the most for my... Uh, most for my time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, the PGA will have to rely entirely on the antics of uh, Long John Daly, who just last month golfed in a major PGA tournament while smoking cigarettes, wearing bug-eyed Oakleys, wearing pants with the Hooters logo printed all over him. And just generally being an awesome looking dude. Uh, smoking, yeah, like two whole packs of cigarettes and one 18 hole round. <laughs> it's like, like a, eight it's, bags of M&Ms. It's a walking tour, too, and he's just photographed like with yeah. a golf cart smoking a cigarette. Like this is this is what golf needs. Yeah. Like Happy Gilmore was a, a movie before its time. Like, it really was. You really need these type of people to draw in the the, the new young connoisseurs. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, this damn PGA. I mean, even they're driving away all their talent because John Daly was dis- driving. John Daly was disqualified from that tournament for allegedly not signing his scorecard or I don't know some other. Bullshit. So apparently that's like a huge sticking point is like you have to sign your scorecard or else you're disqualified. And he didn't. So they were like, or what? I'm sure they were actively looking for a reason to just like with Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Or sorry. Is it Billy? It's Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. So that's the thing is behind the scenes. They're like, we got to figure out a way to get rid of this guy. Hmm. Mm -hmm. They're driving him right into the Saudi's arms. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, there's a lot of golfers joining the LRV, LIV, so I don't know. Um, Long John, John Daly. Long John Daly. They might have to make a few compromises with him. <laughs> they want to keep like their last their last talented golfer on. His caddy needs to be a Hooters girl. Yeah. Yeah. They need to let him drive a monster truck on the course. Why not? As long as he stays off those greens. <laughs> he can and, do as he pleases. And the fairways, preferably. Um, <laughs> please keep the monster truck in the rough. Yeah. But otherwise, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Well, can you believe we got you to listen to a story about golf if you're still here? <laughs> what a wild episode this has been. Let's uh, let's get to some good news because you've earned it, starting with some good news from the world of entertainment and beyond. And that's uh, let's get right into it. The, there is a new Beavis and Butthead movie. And oh, by yeah. the way, it is dropping this month, seemingly out of nowhere. I mean, I know we reported on it at the beginning of the year. Didn't think that it was going to happen this fast, but it's here. Yeah. Uh, they've already released a promotional movie poster and a trailer for the film. It's called Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. And it looks like it'll pick up right where the last movie from the 90s left off. In this one, not only do Beavis and Butthead go to space, but they also apparently tear through space-time in order to end up in the year 2022. It, it, it really looks awesome if you are already a fan of these two. The animation's on point. The jokes in the trailer are crude, childish, and stupid, which means they're on point as well. And we really, really hope that it lives up to its predecessor. Uh, so Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe is available on Paramount Plus, the streaming platform, on June 23rd. So oh, two weeks. Two weeks. And um, it looks really funny. If you are... I can't say that any Generation Z kids are going to look at this and be like, wow, hilarious. Yeah, I... I, I mean, even for like its own generation, it was it was a very particular type of comedy. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it does really hit. I I, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but it does hit on just the nostalgia of it. Yeah. Um, having said that, we said it before. Beavis and Butthead Do America turned out to be a pretty timeless movie. Yeah. Like it stands the test of time. It's actually still funny to this day. So go watch that in preparation. 
Anyway, in more potential good news, it looks like there are leaks, which seem to clearly indicate that one of the most beloved multiplayer games of all time is getting a remastered version. So according to a leaked achievement list, it looks pretty much confirmed that GoldenEye 007 is getting remastered and re-released for the Xbox. Confirmed. Here's IGN with more on this. As spotted by Video Games Chronicle, industry insider at Wario64 on Twitter shared the achievements below and a link to their listing online, with the webpage still functioning as normal as of the time of writing. Both single and multiplayer objectives are listed for the beloved game, which was originally released on the Nintendo 64 in 1997, with GoldenEye 007 granting players a thousand gamer score in total, as is the norm for fully-fledged games. A remaster has been long rumored and all but confirmed time and time again, most recently in January when Xbox achievement tracking website True Achievements also listed the game. An updated version of the original GoldenEye 007 was confirmed to be in development for the Xbox 360's live arcade at developer Rare, but was canceled due to licensing issues, and files for the game leaked online in February 2021. Uh, yeah, there was like, there's been a couple... There was like a GoldenEye PC multiplayer game a few years back that but like... Wasn't that like fan-made or...? So there was one, yeah, there was a fan-made one that like used like Unreal or something. And that one, I think they got shut down eventually. But then there was there was an official one, I believe a little later, that was just... It was just the multiplayer. Like mm -hmm. It was like three multiplayer maps remastered. Well, so um, the reason this makes the most sense now is, as sad as it is to say, it is the 25th anniversary of that game's release. 25 years ago. See, here's the problem, though. Like, I have a lot of cherished, beloved memories of playing that game. Um, but also, the reason it was so fun at the time to play it was that uh, multiplayer first-person shooters weren't really a thing. It was so, groundbreaking. Uh, yeah, it was groundbreaking for its time. Uh, none of the, like, the levels are all just a giant box. Like, there's, you, you don't realize this playing a game like Call of Duty or Fortnite or anything like that. But, like, a lot of thought goes into level design in shooters that mm -hmm. they just, it simply wasn't possible, nor was it something that had even occurred to them in 1997. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, just a lot of GoldenEye matches where you and oh, another you guy- Oh, it was a level playing field, Elliot, with just no- Just a giant cavern and two people shooting each other with AK-47s from across the room. That's what made it great. It relied entirely on aiming skill and dodging. I mean, Not, it, it was a lot of fun. I'm sure I would still have a lot of fun, but uh, also... I like these losers who study the maps yeah, to have a, an advantage. But, uh, I mean, a lot of it, too, was, like, playing, with, like, split-screen with friends and stuff, so you're not going to have yeah, that like either. in-person is uh, kind of the thing. Like, uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be enjoyable from a nostalgia point of view, and, and it'll be good because um, if you haven't played it since the N64 times, you probably remember it looking... Yes, don't play it really, again. Do not play it again. I mean, you, you probably you don't remember. Don't look at it. You don't remember it looking great, you know. But hey, you, you don't want to. Don't go back and look at what it looked like because that game, uh, it looks like it's terrible. Yeah, I remember. It looks so bad. At one point, I was playing around with like emulators of the PS One, and in my mind, the PS One <laughs> was like unbelievable. Yeah, it's. And uh, I couldn't play. The emulators are just so god awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That Dreamcast, that whole era, it really was uh, the next evolution of gaming. But looking back on it was just, I mean, it's it, we needed it, but man, it looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, in a final bit of uh, really, really potential good news, uh, if these first medical trials are any indication, in a recent drug trial for an experimental cancer drug, every single person involved in the trial, all 100% of them saw their cancer disappear. Poof. Here is NPR with more. 
A tiny group of people with rectal cancer just experienced something of a scientific miracle. Their cancer simply vanished after an experimental treatment. In a very small trial done by doctors at New York's Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, patients took a drug called dostarlimab for six months. The trial resulted in every single one of their tumors disappearing. The trial group included just 18 people, and there's still more to be learned about how the treatment worked, but some scientists say these kinds of results have never been seen in the history of cancer research. So, again, taking good news where we'll get it, uh, at the literally bare minimum, these 18 people... Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, good for them. Exactly. But that is wild. Uh, you, you almost never see medical studies with that 100% success rate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they should follow up on that. Yeah. They should fast track that. Seems like it could, uh, could be very useful. And look into some, because, uh, like, yeah, maybe the cancer's gone, but is there any other side effects that have uh, been yeah, caused by this? That's what the studies are for. Yeah. We need to, studies are good. They should keep studying. Yes. Yes. But hey, look, that's good news. Take it where we yeah. can get it. Um, if for some reason you haven't seen our most recent video, that's right. We're back, baby. We're I, back. As you know. And there is lots of news, uh, in, including just like, well, it, there's a whole smattering of news, but mainly tech news but follow, uh, with some other stuff that we missed while we were gone. But please, if you haven't already, check out that video. Uh, it'll be up over here. In the meantime, thank you for uh, just subscribing. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on the bell if you want to. Click the join button. And we'll see you soon for another episode of Weekly Weird News. Bye. Bye.